Welcome to the RPG After Years, your weekly show covering all things RPGs from the past, present, and future. This is episode 86. I'm Scott. And I'm Rich. And today we will be covering the latest RPG Club checkpoint for Mass Effect, as well as all the uh, latest and greatest RPG news stories. We've got a couple interesting ones today, so see you at the end of the drop. So before we hit the news, let's catch up. Rich, you're up first today. Yay! I have some games I can tell talk about that I've been playing. Wow! So there's more than one. Holy shit! I know. <laughs> what timeline is this? I, I, it's, it's the future alternate where I'm better than Bill. Huh. All right. Are. <laughs> um, okay, so naturally I've been playing a little bit of Final Fantasy 14, just a little bit here and there, uh, not too much. Just uh, doing a few checkpoint uh, missions and, and side quests and things like that. Um, I'm still in Heaven's, Heaven's Ward. Not really doing much there. Not um, the main story quests, really? Or... Eh. Yeah. Eh. I have some sad news about 14 for you. Oh, nice. I, uh, uh, the next thing is... Go for uh, it. You tell me. Uh, What's your news? Yeah, before we move on. Um, so the other day when I was streaming, I mentioned that I was thinking about streaming FF14. And mo- the, pretty much the entire chat was like, please don't. It's so boring to watch. So, <laughs> and uh, whatever, I, I kind of have to agree with them. Even the ones I watch, I'm like, this is boring. Good thing. That uh, it's really entertaining. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yes, it's true. Playing it is fun. Watching it is like watching paint dry. So I think you have to be an avid FF14 player to begin with, to enjoy watching. Correct. Correct. Anyway, I've been playing the shit out of Tales of Arise. Really? How's that going? The, the game. Oh, that game is just so good. Yeah. The combats flows, the the cinematics, the uh, graphics is just. Mm. I kind of feel like it's and, sort of fallen off a little bit. Like, that's, well, it's because it, people's been playing it and it's been beaten and whatnot. So, I guess. Um, Ray Chase is voice acting. You know, Prince Noctis is. It's on point. Is he I the enjoy main character? it. Oh, I already forgot. Yes, okay. he is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. I just enjoy enjoy the shit out of it. How many hours um, is that supposed to be? That game. I don't know. I'll be honest, I put more hours so far into it than I have Mass Effect. Mm, well, but we'll talk about that later. Yep. <laughs> I'm at 30 hours with, uh, no, no, 26 hours with uh, Tales of Arise. Gotcha. gotcha. And I'm, I'm not close to being done yet. I think I got a little, like 10 hours or so left. Is this your favorite one you've played, or do you have another one you like more? Tales of Destiny is probably one of my favorite ones, but this is creeping up there really far. Interesting. So, yeah. I feel like I don't hear much about Tales of Destiny. Yeah, it's a PlayStation game. Gotcha. I feel like it's always Vesperia and, or Vesperia or Zestiness or some folks. Well, the bad part is you can't get a hold of Tales of Destiny without paying a buttload of money. Ah. Yes. You have to emulate it. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense then. Um, I, of course, have been playing a little bit of Mass Effect. Gotcha. We'll talk about that. You know, we'll talk about that. And uh, you better get the button ready. Okay, I'm ready. I finished House of Ashes. <laughs> I feel like it's been a minute i know outside of the club too i beat a game i'm so proud of you so thoughts <sighs> i thought it was really good uh house of ashes took a really wide turn um at, towards the end of it um i survived with all i survived with four characters out of five 
Um, okay. I lost one of them really early on. Yeah, I remember you told me that uh, last week. Yeah. Um, what else? It's you just the, all the story. Dark pictures, right? Uh, no, I well, I played two two of them. I have not played Little Hope yet, and that's on okay. my list. Do you like Man so, of Dan or House of Ashes better? I like House of Ashes better. Okay. Man of Dan was very slow. Gotcha. Yeah. So you need to play Little Hope now, so you can be like be a tell me your rating ratings. So it's just more fast pace. I yeah. enjoy that. Um, I like Little Hope more than Man of Medan. Not that is it fast pace, faster pace than Man of Medan? Yeah, and the story was just more interesting to me too. Yeah, yeah, that story in Man of Medan was really that great. So, man, gotcha. okay. But I beat a game. I'm just so excited. I, I beat a game outside of the club, and I, I was hoping I could beat another one. I was hoping I could beat Tales of Arise before the show, hmm. but uh, no. You know, I looked at where Tales I was Arise, at. You'll have to plan a review. Shit. <laughs> it is an rpg so it is it um, is but nobody else has played it i'll be your your soundboard okay that's fine we can do that <laughs> okay fair um, enough uh, yeah i want to play house of ashes too because i played the other two uh, i'm just kind of like i need to play it with Corey and lauren because it's like because we played the first two together and so i just got to figure out how to get parsec set up or something well well today's halloween true we are recording this on, on halloween you're supposed Whoa. to be doing something spooky yeah, it's the spooky episode. This is nothing <laughs> spooky planned for it. Sorry. Nope. Sorry, guys. Yeah. But but yeah, you should have been playing. Yeah, you should have had this all planned out. That you and Lauren and and Corey could play this game. And just you know, some people consider scared. these like very role play uh, choice based games to be RPG. They are. I are choose your own adventure. Yeah. Well, I don't consider it that, but you know, I don't think they would pass the, the RPG test anyway. They but might. Anyway, so, <laughs> but I, that's all I've got. Okay. Well, good job beating a game this week and making Yay. good progress everywhere. Of course, for me, I've been playing Mass Effect. I literally had to um, play it for like five hours last night to meet the checkpoint because I realized at 6 p.m. yesterday when I got home, I was like, wait a minute. Tomorrow's the checkpoint. Fuck. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about it. <laughs> I remember you texting me that. And I was just like, yeah. yeah. When I did it though last night, I, I literally got home, finished it within 30 minutes because I was close to being done with it. Gotcha. So, so you're, you're pulling me. Of, uh, I had to do all of um, Pharos. So <laughs> I'm rubbing off on you. Yeah, I guess. I've still been playing Days Gone. Uh, we're I think we're like getting towards the end of that now, which uh, is fun. Corey is really into it. He, every time I'm like, what do you want to play? He's like, Days Gone. I'm like, okay, I guess. <laughs> it's fun, though. Uh, Alan Wake Remastered. That's been the game I've been playing for spooky streams. Uh, and it's it's fine. I'm not super Ooh. into it, honestly. I don't like it that much. But I don't hate it either, so uh, it's just kind of slow, and I don't really enjoy the quote-unquote combat of shining your flashlight at things long enough and hope they don't get to you first. It's I don't know. I like the story. That's weird. But, uh, the, the, the chapter that I'm in, the story section was really short, so I kind of wish I picked a different game like Dead Space. Maybe you were right, Rich. <sighs> I told uh, you. But Corey and I are doing a stream, uh, a boyfriend stream of Phasmophobia tonight. Neither one of us have ever played it, so it should be fun. I've still been doing Pokemon sword hunting. I caught, I somehow managed to get like 50 Pokemon uh, this week just by, oh, um, well, one of the reasons for that is I booted up Corey's copy of Pokemon Shield and looked at what Pokemon he has. And despite him only having like three and a half boxes full of Pokemon, I was like, I'm missing over half of these somehow. <laughs> so, so I went and stole all his Pokemon basically. Uh, he didn't care. I'm not being mean there. I asked him first. I thought you just didn't tell him, and he's going to go boot it up, and he's going to go, where the hell my Pokemon go? I've been robbed. To be fair, I gave him a bunch of like duplicate level 70 Pokemon that uh, I caught 
just to trade to him. So if he ever goes back, he'll still have a good set setup, I guess. I just uh, I would have just traded a bunch of Magic Carp to him. <laughs> well, that's the difference from me and you, I guess. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm. I'll, I'll get all the Pokemon eventually. And then uh, finally, still been playing Metroid Dread, which I actually uh, completed. So good on both of us completing the game this week. Um, Woohoo! I really loved it. I'd say it's probably my third favorite Metroid game after Super Infusion. Um, I also really like Metroid Prime Three, but you know that's a totally different ser- sub series. Uh, I don't want to say too much about the story just because there is so little story. So even saying a little <laughs> bit is is a big spoiler. Um, but it was a I like the conclusion to this you know Metroid saga kind of. Can you at least tell me that it's in space? It is in space. Okay. Like a game we're going to talk about later. <laughs> Sweet. I just thought I'd ask. Yeah. You know, that's a story point. I didn't want to get too like that. Might have been a secret. Right. Well, technically, you're on a uh, a planet for most of it, but a planet. And are there guns? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. There are guns. You play as Samus. Okay. Um, there are aliens that you have to shoot. Is there fishing? No. Okay. You, you can shoot some fish though. So okay, <laughs> in a minute, speaking, yeah. Just thought if, I had asked. If, you, if, if anybody's hesitant and they know they like Metroid or are hesitant about this game, there's no reason to be. It's amazing. That's all I got to say. But yeah, that's all I've been playing. Um, no other major updates, I don't think. So let's just go and announce the RPG Club segment. So today is the checkpoint uh, for the current segment. You've got two weeks to complete the next one. We are playing Mass Effect. The next checkpoint is to finish Novaria and the Bring Down the Sky DLC. Now, Why are we clarify. doing that? It's if you're playing the legendary edition, it's part of the, the game already. So you, you don't have to download anything. Um, it's just built in. If you don't want to pay for the DLC, if you're playing the PS3 version or whatever, don't worry about it. No big deal. I don't know if it's free or it costs anything or not. But it's a whole other mission. And that'll just pad out the segment a little bit. So yeah. Um that's if you don't know what that is, there's like asteroid X27 somewhere is where that mission is. I did it already on accident because I didn't realize <laughs> that it wasn't a side quest necessarily. You cheater. Yeah. So I'm, Shame. I'm, I may have taken me this whole segment to get there, but uh, I am ahead of the game technically. <laughs> All right. Um, and that's due by Sunday, November 14th. If you don't know what the uh, the RPG club is, think of it as a book club where we, with the community, are all playing along the same basic chunks of the same game at the same time on a schedule. It's a lot of fun. It's our favorite uh, segment of the show here. So we'd highly encourage you to join in. Mass Effect's not a long game. You could probably still catch up easily if you so chose to. But yeah, uh, should we go to the news? Let's do it. Okay. Hear ye, hear ye, gather round for all your news. Stop your clatter and listen close. Alas, you won't believe your ears. Listen close for the news. Okay, so... First up today, the saga continues, kind of. It has been announced by Bandai Namco that Digimon Survive is still happening, and it will be It's indeed coming in 2022. So let me just read the press release here from Kazumasa Habu, the producer. Uh, To Digimon fans patiently awaiting Digimon Survive. First of all, we'd like to thank you for your continued patience and support for Digimon Survive. Our original goal was to launch Digimon Survive in 2021. However, Due to the need to allocate more time to development, it is necessary to move the game's release date to 2022. While this decision hasn't been an easy one, we want to make sure we use this extra time to enhance the quality of the game. The entire development team is working as hard as we can on the game. We kindly ask for your patience. We look forward to sharing more news and updates about Digimon Survive with you all soon. Thank you again for your continued support. So, uh, let's see. 
when was this game announced? Uh, Dude, I have no clue. I've had it. I've had it pre-ordered for like a year. I didn't even. I. I don't even know where it's at. It looks like, according to this article, it was originally released, or we haven't heard anything major about the game since April of 2020, and it was back then. It was delayed to 2021 in October 2020, and now here we are again. So this is like a game. I'm not going to say it's in development hell, but it's taking them way longer than anticipated. It's one of those games that like sort of starts to go into the ethos. Like, when are we getting this game? A la like uh, Cyberpunk was. Um, have you ever played a Digimon game? Yes. Well, which one? Eh. Uh, Digimon World, I think. One oh. of those on the PlayStation. PlayStation One. I think that might yeah. have been the one I played too. I remember like kind of roguelike labyrinths with you got like three Digimon party turn based. Yeah. That's and I've got right. Digimon the the ones on the Switch, the Cyber Sleuth and the other one. Uh-huh. It's a combo, and I've got that. I've been playing that a couple off and on. Isn't Cyber Sleuth supposed to be the good one? Yeah. Quote, unquote. Supposed to be. I'm going to try to look up here. When was this game announced? I feel like this show has just become, this is where the, the delay announcement cover, cover yes. show. <laughs> Digimon, We're sorry, guys. Digimon Survive. Where is it? Not Digimon Story. Okay. The game was announced in a July 2018. Damn issue of the japanese magazine v jump sorry guys you're never getting this game it's a it's not real <laughs> um but again like like we said like 16 times last week i'd rather any of these games be delayed and be good than you know but come on that's right um but i, I personally don't care because i will not be playing this game so sorry but but it's like pokemon okay I'm digimon. Already, i already don't really have the space in my life for pokemon and i'm doing it anyway so <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so I guess we'll just move on to the next. All right. So speaking of Tales earlier, Tales of Lumeria launches November 4th. I have this thing on pre-order. By the time this comes out, um, it will be released. So that one is going to be the um, full-blown like story that's going to be on the mobile. So you know we don't really talk much about mobile games on the show. Um, but I am very curious about this one because it's supposed to have like a story element to it and not one of those gotcha games. Um, I'm trying to pull this up again to make sure I've got everything looking. Um, there's no Jap- Japanese audio for this one. So for the West, so if you were expecting to have Japanese, no. Um, it will have, it is free. 21 characters will be free. It's a gotcha system, um, which includes costumes, no gotcha. weapons, and accessory. I did. My bad. I thought there wasn't. Womp womp. So I thought this was going to be like a story on. So sorry. What is the um, It's like the characters, the characters and weapons and costumes. It, I think so, it's if it's so story based. You wouldn't think that the characters you have would be luck based. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Characters are free. Uh-oh. Weapons, costumes and accessories for those 21 characters will like may have some okay. gotcha to it. Seven characters sense. available at launch and new characters will be added each week after thereafter. Um, eight story episodes plus eight additional crossroad episodes. Hmm. So I think this is going to be like a um, um, ongoing story that's built in, you know, throughout the time. So yeah, might be kind of fun. Why do you have to pre-order a mobile game? I don't know. <laughs> it's probably just it's a just way to weird. drum up excitement, I guess. I yeah, and I did it. Tactic. Yeah, just like I also pre-ordered this uh, first soldier game. Oh, are you going to play it? I'm gonna play it for the show just just to see what it's like. Are you? Is it? It's coming to PC and mobile, right? Is that it's right? It's just coming to mobile. Maybe. Yeah, you might be right. Uh, I mean, I guess I don't wouldn't mind downloading it and playing like a few matches just so I know what the hell's going. We on. could team up. Oh, is, is that how it works? I don't know. Maybe. I've never played a battle <laughs> royale. Uh, to be honest, uh, it's annoying. 
yeah. and okay. painful. But I'm imagining at least there's not going to be any uh, crafting mechanics. So maybe. Yeah. Um, well, you'll have to let us know how Tales of Luminaria is. Sure. Um, it's always interesting when they go big on these story-heavy mobile titles. But yeah. Keep it on the Tales train here. Uh, it has been announced that Tales of Arise has sold 1.5 million copies. Uh, this was announced on Twitter, the uh, Bandai Nemco. So I don't know if, I mean, it sounds like a good number for a Tales game, but I, I guess they wouldn't be announcing it if it wasn't, wasn't so successful. Uh, I think it's awesome. Yeah. Let's see. It launched on September 10th, so it's only been like a, uh, a month or so, a little over a month. So it's good to see that the it's always good to see that these games are uh, successful sales wise because you know that means they're going to keep making them and maybe even give them bigger budgets next time. Well, we're hoping with the the 25, 25 year anniversary that they were going to release like uh, some of the older ones onto current consoles, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, hmm. That's interesting. But yeah, congrats Bandai Namco and congrats Tales fans. All right, this one is interesting. Interesting to me. Um, Atlas composer Shoji Maguro has left Atlas and he is going into indie development. So this is a big deal because I think one thing that, you know, Persona is so well known for is its music. And I can attest personally that Persona 5 soundtrack is a, is a bopper for sure. <laughs> um, so apparently it was very amicable. The company wasn't mad at him at all and understood his decision and wished him all the best. Um, but yeah, he's he joined Atlas in 1995. And he also directed the PSP remakes of Persona 2, uh, both Persona 2 games. And he's, you know, helped with Persona 3, he composed Persona 4 and Persona 5. There's probably some other ones not listed here. And he's an incredible composer. And so I'm a little worried because will the Persona soundtracks be the same without him? I mean, maybe Persona 6 is rumored. Um, let's see. Does it say where he actually went or is he just saying he's, oh, he's freelance now, apparently and an independent developer. Um, oh, here's another line. Apparently, he has not ruled out working with Atlas on future titles just because he's freelance. So maybe it's not as a doom and gloom as it initially seemed. Yeah, he may still come back for that stuff. He may, may just have a higher price tag. Maybe. I mean, he's so. very talented because uh, if you listen to the music of the Persona, like Pers even just Persona 4 versus Persona 5, it's like an entirely different genre of music. So yeah. H have you ever even played a Persona? Uh, I play a little bit of Persona Five, oh, okay. but it's I have a real hard time getting past some of the the long the length of the game. Mm -hmm. um, not to mention some of the creep factor to it. Um, what do you mean by that? So like the gym teacher hooking up with some of the students. Oh yeah, but that's like part of the the story. Like he's a that's I know why he's the, the villain of that part. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's just weird. It weirds me out a little bit. Like why are we talking about this? Yeah, I should have just killed him. So anyways, that's true. But yeah, I, I got past that part. When Persona Five, when he got, when I beat that castle, yeah. Eventually, I may go back to it. I don't know. We'll see. Were you playing the original or Royal? Royal. Okay, cool. Because I had the Steelbook edition for Royal sitting behind me right now. Me too. Well, it's not. I don't know why I had it. Uh, I just say that because the the Royal content they added, in my opinion, is is amazing. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's all that to say about that. Hopefully, he does indeed return for Persona. All right. Let's talk about the great thing that happened at the. Uh, very boring state of play. Yeah, the the boring state of play. Uh, so there was a lot of rumors coming out that uh, Sony was, or that Square Enix was going to talk about uh, Final Fantasy 16. But instead, they announced Star Ocean, the Divine Force, set to release on PS5, 4, Xbox, 
X and S and Xbox One and PC in 2022. This will commemorate the 25th anniversary. There's a lot of these series that's getting ready. That's getting old. Yeah. So um, it's I didn't realize old. that. So did you watch the trailer? Yes, Wait, I did. What, what, are you, what are your initial thoughts? Um, I'm curious. Um, I don't know too much about the details, uh, where this fits in the storyline for the Star Ocean games. Um, Star Ocean games connected or? Are yeah, they? they're connected. Okay. In a sense, they have a timeline. Um, so we're going to have to see how far or what it's going to be. So you've got the double hero system returns, which is part of the, if I remember correctly, the double hero story was part of Star Ocean's second story. Um, so that's going to be fun. The character name is Raymond. Okay. That's a very, uh, you know, generic Earth name. I like his biceps. Um, yeah, his biceps <laughs> are pretty big. Um, the girl character, Leticia, I think that's the name. She's a very star-looking character, Star Ocean character-looking I know a lot of people um, Lena, off because the main character of Star Ocean is always have to have is always supposed to have blue hair, right? Yeah, supposed to, but this one doesn't. He has he has blonde hair. So uh, the other character, Elena, looks very earthy, especially with her armor set. That's just yeah, yeah she's got some. You you know what I'm talking about. She's got the big stripper <laughs> uh, sets going on. That's uh yeah. Um, and then you've got. Albard, which is another Star Wars-looking character with his, he looks like a mage, free-flying, uh, freely fly around environments, fast tra- uh, actions, uh, Fate of the Universe Awakens when two heroes cross paths. It's a very Star Ocean setting, I should say, um, heroes. Um, How long has it been to the Star Ocean game? Do you know? When was the last one? Or what? A couple years ago. Oh, okay. The last one was Star Ocean uh, Integrity and Faithlessness. Okay. And I haven't beaten that one yet. Like, I, I barely started that one. For some reason, I was thinking um, that maybe we hadn't had one in, in a long, long time. No, we've had one. Yeah, it's it's OK. Like this game here, I, I don't want to get too far into it. It's set. I'm trying to see if it tells you actually when when this will actually be part of the storyline, but it doesn't actually tell you. Hmm. Maybe they haven't just announced that much yet. Um, yeah. If I hadn't been watching a, a PlayStation State of Play, I would have thought it was like Xenoblade Chronicles X2 or something like that. It kind of it looks very similar to Xenoblade Chronicles just with a little bit of flying. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm curious about the flying. Why why flying? I don't know. Is he like a Maybe superhero? More fun. Yeah. Um another thing was that the uh, <laughs> this is kind of a running gag in our our Discord community, but for a game called Star Ocean, it sure doesn't look like there's very much uh, space exploration. Um cuz yeah. I mean, I know Brandon's been playing the Star Ocean games and he's like I didn't get to go to space one fucking time. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, I did see there's something here in the storyline. Uh, the Pan, uh, Pan Galactic Federation, which is a big, big military force, mil- the Federation within the Star Ocean series. Um, and what it's saying is Raymond is part of a merchant vessel, and he he's attacked by a story of battleship carrying the member of Pan Galactic Federation permanent, uh, permanent Kinney family. So the Kinney family is very well known in the Star Ocean family, uh, the universe. Um you have to go look at the timelines for it, but that's they're connected in a sense. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I think it it looks like it might be good. Like it's looks very ambitious for a, a smaller RPG series. I, I don't know what I expected necessarily. I'm just surprised that they're still going. So <laughs> yeah. I, I was not expecting a new Star Ocean game. They didn't give a release date, did they? Um, 2022. Okay. Next year. Very vague, but at least it's not too far off, presumably. Yep. I'm not gonna say it doesn't <laughs> look good, but. It looks like how dare you? It looks like they had some work to do. <laughs> the, oh yeah, the, the battle system looked pretty clunky to me, uh, but maybe not. Maybe not. Um, 
yeah, it's a big, this is a big like RPG title. It's nice to get something like kind of big from, you know, not a Tales or a Final Fantasy or a Dragon Quest type, you know, big name series. Um, always I just wish be. they'd bring back some other ones. Uh, Sony owns a lot of like RPGs that can't be redone mm-hmm. or can't be made like Legends of Gaia, Legend of Dragoon, all those. Yeah. Try something. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't hold your breath on that one. Would you just, just let me have this. <laughs> I could see Dragoon being arrived, uh, revived one day. Legaya seems less likely to me. Oh, yeah. Legaya's not going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. Didn't the company that did those games, aren't they just like no longer around? Yeah, they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sad. Sad sad news. But yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on Star Ocean. Uh, what's the title again? Divine Force. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, should be fun to see what, what else it gives us. And our last story for, the, for today, a new action RPG has been announced. It's called Maglum Lord. And apparently this game already came out in Japan and it's finally being confirmed for the West for February 4th, 2022 coming to switch and PS4. Uh, was there anything about this game in particular that interested you rich? No, I just, we needed some content <laughs> story news. And I was like, this seems kind of interesting. I watched the trailer before we started recording and it did not inspire much hope because um, it's one of those trailers where it just shows you a bunch of still art of characters and with voice clips, and it's like, oh, yes, this artwork is very exciting. <laughs> to be fair, there is a little bit of gameplay at the end, but it didn't seem all that cool <laughs> to me. Um, but, yeah, so it looks like you play as the demon, one of the the last demon lords, and you're trying to, like, reconquer hell. And I was like, whoa, is this Disgaea? <laughs> oh, spooky. Um, it kind of looks like that, honestly. But, yeah, so if you know about this game and you're ex- excited about it or whatever congratulations it's coming out to the west finally but i don't think we have anything else to say about it nor will we ever again if i had to guess uh no (laughs) which leads us into the rpgs that have released this week so marvel's guardians of the galaxy came to pretty much everything on october 26th and it got pretty good reviews from what i understand like it it, what there were some outlets that gave it like a seven but most of them were like eight nine tens so but I still haven't really heard anything about it. Nobody's talking about it. I wonder how well it, it's doing so far. I wonder how well it's doing with the public. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Uh, Moonglow Bay came to Xbox Series and Xbox One and PC on the 26th as well. Darkest Dungeon 2 entered early access on the 26th. The Unliving also entered early access on the 26th on PC. And then in North America on the 26th, we got Neptunia Cross Sinron Kagura Ninja Wars. And that came just a few days later in Europe on the 29th. Uh, Voice of Cards, the Isle Dragon Roars, that's the Yoko Taro card game, uh, came to PS4, Switch, and PC on the 28th. I haven't heard anybody talk about that either, honestly, (laughs) Um, which is interesting. But based on the trailer I saw, I was like, this looks boring. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Super Robot Wars 30 came to the PC on the 28th. Undernaught's Labyrinth of Yomi came to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on the 28th. And then finally... Sword and Fairy 7 uh, came to PC on some unspecified date. Is that your favorite game? You don't know. Uh, I've played Sword and <laughs> Fairy 1 through 6 and all the spinoffs. So. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I don't even know what this game is. Um, that's crazy. Some of the, like, We talked about this last time with all those games that have like numbers on it. And we're just uh, like, what? How are there seven of these? I'm yeah. going to assume that that's just part of the, part of the title. Like uh, yeah. Justice Monsters 8. There wasn't a Justice Monsters 1 through 7. So... <laughs> Yeah. 
so let's talk about the the games that have uh, released that are going to be releasing this this week. Uh, there's a big list of them: uh, Tales of Lumeria Mobile, November fourth; Blue Reflections Second Light PS4 Switch PC, November 9th. and Final Fantasy four. Five. Is this four? That's no, five. Five. God, I'm so no Roman numerals are just hard for me. <laughs> uh, Pixel Remaster was finally announced. Uh, that's coming out on PC and mobile November 10th. And that's it. You think what's going to happen with those those remaster, Pixel Remasters is once they're all out, they're going to go, yeah, let's put them on the Switch. I think they'll come to consoles next year sometime. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and that's it, guys. That's all the news we have with those. Yeah, I, I've read an article about the, uh, the Final Fantasy V Pixel Remaster. And it, from what I could tell, there didn't seem to be any kind of reason to play this one over uh, other versions of it other than access, excuse me, accessibility. Um, so I, I know that the three pixel remaster gets rid of job sickness, which is a major point in the favor of that version of the game. Um, nice. I'm going to be playing Final Fantasy three before too long here, and I'm kind of conflicted on, on which one I want to play just due to the job sickness aspect. But yeah. What do you mean job sickness? So in Final Fantasy three, I don't know the exact details, but when you switch a character from one job to the other, uh, to another one, you, I can't remember if it's either you can't switch jobs again for a while after that, or if you lose like half the AP you gained in that job or something. Oh, like that's that. stupid. So it's like encourages you to stick it out for as long as possible in the same job, which is, you know, kind of defeats the purpose and the fun of having a job system. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so, but I know some people will be excited for it. Personally, it's whatever for me. <laughs> But that's all the news for today, so we're going to take a quick break before we reconvene the RPG Club. Joining me is Eric Slater. My name is Chris Carroll, and this is Comic Zombie. Hi, Freeze. I'm Batman. I'm the Juggernaut! So, Batman kills a lot of people in this movie. Dude, he kills so many people in this movie. They had the Hal Jordan Green Lantern, yeah. but one of the alternates was the John Stewart Green Lantern. Yep. And they even did the animated voice. Yep. Uh, Lamar. Back when Stan was writing those books, they were you know, 15 pages or 17 pages, and you get it done in one issue and you're out the door. Yeah. Uh, Bendis took six issues to tell Amazing Fantasy 15. I'm just laughing as I'm saying it, because it sounds is stupid. It, is it, wasn't he designed by Jim Lee? And I love me some Walking Dead. I <laughs> I just feel bad for the poor bastard that has to ring that bell. It stares, bro. And I'm certain I'm not going to be surprising anybody with this one because I think this is universally recognized as the worst superhero game, much less comic book game, much less maybe even video game. Superman 64. Days of Future Past in the comic, everyone you know is dead. It's pretty dark right out the gate. Alfred may be a good butler, but he is the worst secret keeper of all time <laughs> we're gonna be talking about a lot of different stuff ranging from comics to movies to tv shows all kinds of stuff that we like that we don't like probably be a little bit more vocal about the stuff that we don't like uh, i'm looking right at you holly berry's Catwoman. anyway uh comiczombie.net check it out and i hope you enjoy thanks Comic Zombie. all right we're here today to call to order the second rpg club for mass effect Alright everyone, quiet down. All rise. We're here today to bring to order the next session of the RPG Club. All in favor? All opposed? And looks like the eyes have it. Then let the RPG Club commence. 
I'm always tempted to actually stand up when that, that little jingle goes all rise. <laughs> oh, you don't do that? I do it. Oh, I, I like yeah. puff my chest up. <laughs> okay, so it's symbolic. It, it is symbolic. You're you're much more uh, <laughs> you're, you're a dedicated member. We'll, we'll look at promoting you soon. Um, yes. So again, the game is Mass Effect. The checkpoint we'll be talking about today. We were supposed to finish Theorem, also known as Liara's dig site, and Pharos, and that was due today. Sunday, October 31st. Halloween. So, um, basically, we already said, you know, you go to Theorem and Pharos. There are opportunities for side quests in this section as well, which I'll talk about a little bit uh, later. So, just quick overall thoughts on this section. What did you think about it, Rich? You know, I, I'm conflicted. The storyline's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, the game is all right. Uh, it's not, like, hitting me hard like people have told me before. They're like, this is, like, one of the best games ever. Um I, I had discovered why I, I steer away from these games. Um, I realize why I've done that, but I'm happy to play it. I, I, I'm hoping the story, the end of it, does do it justice for what's going on. Um, I am playing it a little bit differently than Scott is, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, I think it's not bad. It's not my top favorite game, but it's not bad. Yeah. So what was it that you said you think you realized that why you steer away from these games? I don't like the conversational tabs of things like so many conversations can make it, you know, the interaction. Uh -huh. um, I just don't, there's not enough action. That's funny to me. Cause that's the part that I like. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's, we, we agree on a lot of things, a lot of our game styles, but there's some things that we don't. Yeah. And this is one of those. I don't like the shooty shooty PP McGee's. Uh, and I do. Yeah. Uh, I said last week that I've, I've been making Corey do those parts a lot, but for the story mission, I was actually able to, do most of it myself this time so nice. there's that at least um, so let me ask you what type of weapon does Corey use the most um he does the shotgun a lot uh, okay i guess mixed with the the sniper where okay i'm kind of the opposite i like doing the assault rifle and the pistol because if i need to aim better i use the pistol uh if enemies are my face I, I go assault rifle see i do just sniper rifle all the time i'm at a distance even when they're close Oh yeah, you don't have to zoom if they're close. They'll just no scope them. <laughs> so Halo style. Um, I've noticed that the sniper rifle is the best thing I've had uh, that I use. Uh, there's some. There's a funny part in the uh, Pharos missions that we'll talk about here in a minute that I just happen to luck into, and it's mm -hmm. pretty funny. So um, I'm just curious on what people have been playing, like what weapons they've been doing. I maxed out pretty much my entire sniper for Shepard. Nice. So, I've been making uh, Corey do all the. Well, not making them because he enjoys doing it. Like allocate all the <laughs> skill points and upgrade the weapons and all that. I feel like you don't get enough money though. Like we can't afford no. shit ever. <laughs> no, I just stopped. I stopped caring about that. Yeah. Um. So, well, what did you think about the the Mako? Because we didn't really get to do that at all in the first section. The vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It's pretty fun. You know, I literally just on that. I guess the straightway on uh, Pharos uh -huh. where all those uh, deaths show up. I literally just run, I run through, straight through them. I do have a gripe, though. On that part, I got stuck inside one of those tunnels oh, because okay. the debris fell, and I couldn't get past the debris. What so I had to mean? restart my game. Oh, I had to restart shit. my game. That sucks. Uh, yeah. I've heard of a couple other horror stories of just being completely impossible to get your Mako out of certain situations. Um, yep. Did you do any side quests? <laughs> the reason I yeah. ask is because well, most of the side quests follow a very similar format where you're on this big moon-like or asteroid-like planet where there's mountains and yeah. shit everywhere and you kind of like drive drive your mako around it and find like enemy bases and destroy them and shit like that um oh i did do one by mistake 
Oh, okay. By mistake. Do you remember? Uh, the one with the giant worm. Oh, I don't think I, I've done that one. Yeah, it's I can't remember where it was, but I like stumbled upon it. And they're like, oh, we need to go save these people with the beacon. So I went down there and uh, there's a, I guess, a landing party that got wrecked by a uh, giant worm. So I killed it. Yeah, I I would have done all the side quests I could have before going to Pharos. Uh, but like I said, I was out of time. So I, had to, <laughs> I had to continue. You can go back. Yeah. The reason I brought it up, though, is just because uh, that's when you really get to uh, have fun with the Mako, just like cl- driving straight up mountains almost vertically uh, Ooh. don't forget if you guys are playing along and haven't realized it that the mako does have two guns a pew pew and a, a like a launcher gun and it yeah. has side thrusters and forward thrusters so um you can boost up mountains and if you think you you can't get your mako somewhere there's a good chance you can if you use the boosters and shit yep i've heard a lot of complaints about the mako but i like it that might maybe my favorite part i think it's fun <laughs> i don't there's no complaints for me on that one. I think yeah. it was easy to drive. Right. Um, okay. So what about the actual content we go through? So you go to Theorem first. Your goal yep. is to save uh, this Asari scientist named Liara, who we learned about in the last section uh, while we were on, at the Citadel. We think what the idea was that Saros was after her. Saren. Correct. I don't, I don't know why she called him Saros. Uh, Saren's after her to because she knows information about uh, Prothean technology. She studies the precursors. And uh, yeah, the Protheans. Yeah, precur- That's Halo. Right. <laughs> also, uh, Subnautica. You, you, yeah, Subnautica. This is all linked together, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what it is. So you basically just go there and you just save her. It's not very long. It's not a long like mission. Yeah, it's like a two or three room little dungeon. It feels like, and then uh, what? You, there's a Krogan party that attacks you. Yep. And uh, <laughs> uh, something that Skeleton House said in the the Discord. They were like. I like it whenever you get like these big tough uh, NPCs, like Krogan Death Warriors, and then you can just yeet them with your uh, your throw ability instantly. Just kill them. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you uh, use much of the abilities this time? Um, I use the only ability I use is is uh, basically assassination for a sniper. It just turns into one shot, and I shoot them in the face. Yeah, um, it's pretty nice. I used throw a few times sometimes more effective than others uh barrier is pretty helpful but other than that i'm still getting the hang of uh, actually using them usually i'm just like press the shoot button <laughs> that's that's all i do shoot to kill that's it whole time now i will say the i think these two parts were mostly easy as far as like the difficulty of the shooting segments but when you guys do the asteroid this next section i found that very difficult i don't think i would have been able to do it by myself i didn't uh, or do you think you it, but weren't you too low level maybe probably maybe that's why you're having issues maybe that could be why i don't know how much that dlc scales with you maybe since it's part of the game it doesn't scale anymore i don't know mm. um so you go in there liara's like some kind of computer has her in a field where she's like sus- suspended in the air it's kind of awkward but <laughs> yep oops you free her uh you she convinces you you know she's on the side of good and she joins your team because she wants to learn more about the um, the the Protheans and why Saren's after that technology. Yeah, isn't that her mother, the one that's working with Saren? Yeah, Benezia. Yeah. Um, yep. The lady who we saw towards in a few scenes towards the beginning. This is jumping ahead a little bit, but I I liked the, when the Thorian Asari when she tells you that, I forget her name already, when she tells you that Benezia initially started working with Saren because she thought she could turn, she could change him to be a good guy, basically. Yep. <laughs> well, Wrong. That, that uh did a 180 there. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, Ethereum's pretty easy. Not much to it. Uh, and remember last week when I was got confused thinking that FemShep was voiced by Lightning? Yeah, it's not actually, true. It's actually Liara that's voiced by Ali Hillis. The oh, actress. okay. And I could hear it too if you listen to Liara's voice. Um, but then you go to Pharos, which is actually significantly longer and more involved. You meet the colony that's being attacked by the Geth. They refuse to leave. Everybody's kind of acting kind of weird. You meet like a crazy guy. And <laughs> I thought I just happened to stumble on him by accident. I thought he was just there. Yeah. I didn't realize he was part of the story. Yeah. I, even after you defeat the Thorian, I feel like it doesn't it doesn't say anything about show you that guy again, right? The crazy dude? Yeah, it does. Oh, it does? I shoot him in the face. Oh. <laughs> so you uh, you attack the colonists. Uh, well, I attacked the colonists, and once I got to the part where I could uh, go down and meet the Thorian, mm-hmm. he shows up, and he's, like, trying to fight the control of the Thorian, and, um, does he shoot himself? No, he shoots himself in the head. Oh, okay. Yeah, he kills himself. I think I missed that part. Yeah. You also have a subplot here where you meet, um, Elizabeth and her mother, who are scientists working for the, uh, what's the company's name, like, Exo Neon Genesis or something? <laughs> Exxon. Exogeny, I think is right. Yep. Um, they're like trying to study the Thorian. And of course, so basically you find out that Thorian is like this ancient creature. looks like a giant brain with tentacles, uh, yep. brain squid that has managed to, it's even older than the Protheans apparently. And it's like got all the colonists under mind control kind of. So you have to do this segment where you have to kill all the Geth without killing the, um, the colonists. It's not Geth, it's the Thorian like creeper. The Thorian creeper. That's what it's too. called. Yeah, which are kind of scary. They're like zombie creatures, kind of. But their running animation was kind of goofy, so it took all the horror out of that for me. <laughs> um, so how many colonists did you save? Or do you remember what your number was? And of, I saved yeah. 10 of them. Okay. I and murdered five of, or six of them. total, I believe. I think there were 16. Oh, oh, that's a case. I ran out of grenades. Okay. You can also melee them. That's uh, how I did most of them. Uh, Oops. Yeah. So maybe I didn't kill any. I thought I lost two of them because I thought there were 18. But, oh, well. I think it was only 16. Yeah. So you do have a conversation with the Thorian. And I, I'm wondering if there was a way to, like, peacefully resolve that. But, because I was trying to, but they couldn't get it. He went to violence pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was kind of gross when he, like, kind of, you know, just spits out the Asari clone. Did you have any trouble with Asari clones? They killed me once, I think, which was really unfortunate because i was like five out of the six tentacles in when that nice. happened and then it sent, sends you all, all the way back to the beginning of the the fight if you die so i lost like 10 or 15 minutes there it felt like because i i got lost and i was like where the hell is the last tentacle so <laughs> i don't know how i had no trouble i had no trouble at all the sniper rifle like uh, i guess i had it lined up right on their heads for everybody and occasionally i'm really fighting one of those creepers and it runs across runs around the corner and i snipe it right as it does that and i kill the asari like instantly so i had no trouble (laughs) good for you Uh, i know what do you have like a team you're running with regularly or are you just are you switching it up no i'm running with rex and garris okay cool are you doing a lot of the hacking yeah gotcha most i can as long as you have the skill to do the hacking it's like it's pretty easy so far I know I haven't ran into anything harder than like an average difficulty lock. But yeah, um, so you saved the Pharaoh's colony. The Thorian's dead, which I kind of thought was unfortunate because like, wow, we're here we are trying to find out as much as we can about the Protheans. And then here we are killing this ancient being even older, older than them. Yep. Um, you do get another vision and Liara joins in on it. It basically confirms what we already knew that Saren's trying to bring back this 
biomechanical race called the Reapers that apparently destroyed the Protheans back in the day. Uh, but yeah, so I'm interested, like you were saying, to see where this is going. The story is not great so far, and there's a lot of shooting, so it's it's, it's not my cup of tea necessarily. I just, I think it has the potential to get it sucks in me, though. So hopefully it yeah. heats up soon. We've got two segments left now, so... Uh, should we get into the listener feedback? Yes, but I want to ask you first. What is your total play time? I don't know. I haven't looked at it in a minute. It's way too long, though. You know, these are supposed to be five-hour segments. I'm pretty sure I'm above 20, at least. I could be wrong about that. Uh, and I'm only at five hours. Wow. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Even before I left the Citadel, I was already past the way past the five-hour mark. But again, there were tons of side quests on the Citadel. That's true. And I read that there's actually not that many side quests. So maybe uh, we'll, I'll speed up here soon. But yeah, um, so JS, he's, he left us quite a bit of feedback here, so I'm going to take the first half. Rich will take the second. He says, oh, man. feedback for this section of the club. He's still slowly learning combat, almost didn't survive the fight outside the entrance to the underground facility on Theorem, despite playing on casual difficulty. Ooh, and then I wonder how he did with Pharos then. Uh, things I discovered by accident that have made things easier. Didn't realize you can zoom in and aim until I was in the underground section of Pharos. Oh, wow, that would that would make it difficult. Previously, I was only aiming the sight target that is visible when normally walking around. Now I can headshot things a lot easier. I'm glad you figured that out. Didn't realize until about the same time that holding L1 brings up a wheel to select your weapon. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was just moving L2 and swapping between two weapons. I thought I only had those two. Still haven't figured out how to throw and Google searches for Mass Effect how to throw turn up no useful answers. You have to hold R1, Jay, and then that all those abilities come up. Wow. You want to take a Even second? Even I knew those. Yes. Uh, I know that weapon upgrades are a thing. No idea how to do it. Um, you need to read. You need to read stuff. Anyways, I know I don't read things, but I figured it out. Uh, I really enjoy the story that unfolds on Pharos. The big reveal that Thorian was cool. Um, I thought the part where you have to not kill the colonists was neat, though I have no grenades to add that neurological agent to, so I ended up killing a bunch of colonists. Murderer. Um, I was ready to give up on this game until I accidentally discovered a few of the battle mechanics that made combat more enjoyable. Loving the story so far, so sticking with it. One thing I absolutely hate, those geth enemies that cling to the wall and jump from one place to the next. Yes. Um, I forgot to mention this. Some of the, uh, I don't know if it's a glitch or whatnot, but the Krogans and some of the NPC or some of the enemies don't walk. They literally zap themselves from one point to another. They just zoom towards you. Um, there's no animation. So my animations are broken. I wonder if that's intentional or not. I don't know, but the Krogan's also, you know, big lunking guys. Yeah. They just zoom towards me as well. Maybe they got like, I'm zooms. Maybe. <laughs> but man, they don't even move. Like, they're not even moving. Well, they're just zipping towards you. So it's a little horrifying. So anyways, that's that's his uh, take on that. Thanks for the feedback, Jay. I'm glad you figured out those uh, abilities and maybe things will be a little easier for you now. Uh, we have some feedback from our good friend, Brandon. Says, I'm enjoying exploring the galaxy map aimlessly. Side quests pop up out of nowhere and give give me a great chance to hone my skills before jumping into the main quest. Driving the Mako isn't so bad in my opinion. I just use the thrusters to go up every mountain. I finally figured out how to use my biotic powers as an adept. I thought throwing enemies would be more satisfying, but hey, it's better than not throwing them. <laughs> I'm loving talking with my squad to get to know them. I think I'm a little surprised. It feels like the dialogue of the, the people on your ship never really changes that often which I thought it would be like every mission they would have something new to say, but oh well. Probably not. It's better than not throwing them. I'm loving talking with my squad to get to know them. It's a highlight of Bioware games for sure. I hope they get character-specific side quests to flesh out their story arcs. That, that would be cool. 
My strategy for navigating the map is placing waypoints wherever I think I need to be next, so the mini-map is at least semi-useful. Oh yeah, that's another point. The mini-map is terrible. It's just completely garbage useless. There's a map? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> this game definitely feels to me like a Dragon Age in space, and I'm finding it hard to not draw parallels and view it in a bubble. Considering Mass Effect actually came first, that would probably be best. Okay, sounds like Brandon's enjoying it a little bit more than uh, some people. Good, good, good. Speaking of not enjoying it. Uh, ROB, it's boring. Uh, I missed the checkpoint, so I will hold my comments for now, but you'll be able to catch up in the next session. Section. Um, yeah, it's not really a long section. If you don't do any side quests or anything, you can plow through it pretty quickly. I think I read it's my ROB five hour time. to Novaria, which is a planet that's not a story planet that's not even in that section. So Yeah. Oops. Um, yeah, he's really not liking it, which I can get his viewpoint, but it's sad that he's hating it as much as he is. Um, and then finally, we got uh, Kazlo, some feedback from Kazlo. And actually, Kazlo does YouTube content, and, and he has been doing a series on this uh, the Mass Effect RPG Club. So we're actually going to play audio from his video. Let's go. This segment did not feel like an RPG at all. Sure, we gained some levels here and there, took advantage of some dialogue options, but it felt more like playing a Halo spinoff more than anything. But that might just be because of how much Mako gameplay we got, which feels very much like driving a Warthog. And I know many people struggled with the Mako controls, but for me, it felt really natural. I was also able to try out more of the Vanguard's biotics, namely the ability Barrier. This was useful a few times in the playthrough to use in place of healing. Otherwise, I still haven't found the biotic powers that useful, and they're really hard to use in combat. Turning to the story, when I discovered that Thorian was a plant whose spores could control people, my first thought was that Saren was going to take these spores to spread some sort of plague to turn the universe into reapers. Thus, when I found out that it was merely a biological being with the collective memories of the Protheans, it was a bit of a letdown, but that might be my own fault for theorizing what was going to happen. Ultimately, I'm still not feeling this game, and hopefully something in the story of the next section will really hook me, because at the current pace, I don't really have a desire to play Mass Effect 2. But that's it for this segment of the RPG Club. Check back. Yeah, okay. Well, I think he's his feelings align with mine, kind of. Yeah. Um, I did I do like the theory that he had, but too bad that ended up not being what happened, I guess. I do like his parallels between Halo. That's true. Because honestly, it does feel like Halo. Do you like the Mako or the uh, the uh, Warthog better? The Warthog better. Okay. But yeah, know. it just feels, it does feel like Halo. Like a subsection of Halo. Yeah, for sure. With just a little bit more dialogue. Just a little bit. Yeah. So thanks for uh, doing that video series. If, if anybody's interested in uh, looking up Kazlo's videos, he is Kazlo25 on YouTube. So yeah. Um, any final thoughts in this section, Rich? Um, I'm hoping the story does pick up a little bit. Um, I'm not hating the game. It's not one of my favorites. Uh, like I said earlier, I know why I don't really play these games um, too much. I'm not a big fan of Bioware stuff, uh, Dragon Age and whatnot. So um yeah, we'll hopefully see what it is. Like it, like Caslo said, hopefully the story hooks me a little better, so maybe I will want to play Mass Effect two and three. But yeah. we shall see. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely see. Like I said earlier, it's definitely a little frustrating because you you know that I feel like the game is not that far from being what I want it to be. If you know what I mean, like just yeah, up the ante a little bit, up the pacing some. But but as we get into the second half here, maybe things will heat up. But overall, I would still say I'm not I'm okay with the game i'm not like not enjoying it if that makes sense yeah um all right we're gonna go ahead and close the rpg club and move on to our outro
was a snippet of a remix of the Mass Effect main theme by Orthicon. I feel like I should add some glow sticks. <laughs> yeah, Raven here. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be it, for everyone, for this week's episode. As for next week, you know, it's not an RPG Club segment. We don't have a review prepped. So whatever we get into might be a surprise. But that's all for that. Well, let's talk about the RPG Club, like we just uh, mentioned a little bit ago. So the RPG Club, the current game is Mass Effect. Uh, the checkpoint is Complete Novaria and the Bring Down the Sky DLC. Remember, if you have Legendary Edition, that is included with that. Um, if you don't have that and you don't want to buy it, don't don't worry about that. Uh, the due date is November 14th, 2021. Yes. And let me actually look up um, where Asteroid X-27 is, since I had no idea when I played this mission <laughs> that it was a what I was getting into. <laughs> You're already done with it. You're like, I don't even care. It's in the Exodus Cluster. And then you go to the Asgard system, and then, yep, Terra Nova X57. So there you go. If you'd like to help the show, one way to do that is to rate and review us on Apple Music slash iTunes, whatever that's called these days. It helps out the algorithm a lot, and we truly do appreciate um, any reviews that we get because, it again, it, it helps the show. Yes, yes, sir. Uh Speaking of another way to help the show is Patreon. Uh, we do have a Patreon that allows uh, our patrons to have early episode access, ad-free episodes, aftercast, extra reviews, RPG Club, and many more. Um, you can find that at patreon.com forward slash RPG after years. It's getting close to time for our uh, our $10 patrons to get their free annual gift. So yeah, yeah. cool for them. We need to do another bonus episode uh, next week if we can, Rich. Okay. Yep. Um, Another way you can help the show, you can join in with the fun, be a part of it, chat with us as we record. Uh, we stream to Twitch, usually every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. You can find us at twitch.tv slash RPG After Years. And we have merchandise, guys. You can go to the merch store on Redbubble at redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash RPG After Years forward slash explore. I need to get some more merch. I feel like I, need, I don't have enough. <laughs> email. You can email the show for any kind of inquiries or questions or feedback or whatever. That's rpgafteryears at gmail.com. And if you want to find a way to talk to us, guys, um, we have a Discord. It's a pop-in place. Uh, link can be found in the show notes or our pinned tweet on Twitter. Sweet. Speaking of Twitter, uh, you can find the show at RPG Years. We tweet memes and shit all the time. Yes. Uh, and then you can find me at the scott spot you can find me at hail blue 1569 yep and that is actually going to be it this, uh, this week guys that's it for episode 86 we had a few good news stories we learned about uh not in the stars ocean and we concluded <laughs> the next chapter of the rpg club so join us next week for episode 87 where i'm sure we'll find some kind of shenanigans to get into but until then i'm scott and i'm rich we will catch you guys next time bye Bye.
years, the best podcasters from around the world have gathered to review, reminisce, and riff on popular franchises. They've assembled the Earth's mightiest superheroes, traveled to a galaxy far, far away, drank many martinis, shaken, not stirred, witnessed the battle of the Alpha Titan. Defended Earthrealm from Outworld. Get over here! <laughs> and other audio adventures. But there were some movies that didn't make the cut. From the creators of Podcasters Assemble comes a movie hype series hosted by a motley crew of talent. All right, well, on that note, I guess I'll go change my colostomy bag because, you know, I'm 80 making a podcast. <laughs> Podcasters Disassemble. Podcasters Assemble is a production of the We Can Make This Work, probably, podcast network. Hey folks, my name is Brett and I'm one of the hosts of Skeleton House, an audio-only Let's Play podcast where my two friends Jess... What is happening? Oh my god! And Steve... Even he looks spooked. ...play through video games and I edit them, add context, and act as your eyeballs. Also, we have a cat. Come check us out at skeletonhouse.buzzsprout.com or look up Skeleton House on your favorite podcast app or your least favorite podcast app. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life.